what's on my mind at any given time of day Cause I'm a renegade Never been afraid to talk about anything Anything, anything, anything. Renegade Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day Cause I'm a renegade Never been afraid to holler about anything Anything, anything It's like the American public uh, got all caught up in a pyramid scheme because that's what that's why people feel like in pyramid schemes they, they see this whole idea this uh, oh I can make so much money how does it work I don't know but I can make a lot of money doing it and I'm gonna do it and they jump in both totally. feet and, and they do it for two years they lose 10 grand and they're like wait a second I was supposed to make a lot of money and I lost 10 grand I did online college for a while I was a recruiter and one of my clients that came in was pink Wait, the, the uh, actual singer Pink? Yeah, it was Pink. It was Alicia Moore. You know, you ask them what they do for a living, what do they want to do, on and on and on. And she's like, well, I'm a singer. And I was like, well, that's great. But what are we going to do about your future? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting and talking to her, and she's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Pink. And I'm like, sure you are, sweetheart. I get it. You want to be a singer. You, you want to be like Pink. And she's like, no, Wes, I, I'm Pink. My, my real name is Alicia Moore. I was like, well, what if the singing thing doesn't work out? Renegade. Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day. Because I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to talk about anything. 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 The Renegade Podcast. We are back. We are back. And I'm excited about it. I am so excited to be back on the Renegade Podcast. It's been a long time, Wes. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, doing good. Very unprepared for tonight, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, lay back, chill back and relax. And, yeah, uh, man, we're just going to hang out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that intro. Ah, oh, thanks. I, I, uh, I've been thinking about, like, what can I do with an intro that kind of pertains to our show, and it just kind of hit me. I was like, that Eminem song's perfect. That chorus <laughs> works out great. <laughs> So, I mean, I was thinking, man, we got to make a mix on that. So uh, hopefully people, you know, enjoyed it. It's actually still playing. I just turned it down because <laughs> it's too long. I got to trim it down. But uh, yeah, yeah, this, this was a, a random, you know, spur of the moment kind of thing. We were just talking like an hour ago. And we're like, you want to do a Renegade podcast? And you're like, yeah, let's do it live. <laughs> okay, let's do it live. <laughs> yeah, if people want to call in, uh, the phone number is 215 383 three nine seven one give us a call if you want to uh chat how are things on your end hey man everything's good on my end you know we got the baby and he's grown by the day uh he Lindsay actually tomorrow he's five months old and she takes a, a a picture of him every month next to this big stuffed elephant that he got when he was born and just seeing the comparison pictures is crazy like the kid's grown so much it's awesome but he's keeping our hands full for sure absolutely keeping our hands full um but that's what I signed up for, right? That's what you signed up for, man. That's what you signed up for. It's funny. I was, uh, I don't really have a lot of news items to talk about. I was laughing at the, um, did you hear about the story of the superintendent pooping on this track? <laughs> I think I have. Refresh my memory. <laughs> Let me play a clip real quick, then we'll chat. That's why Christine Holmdale isn't even in the superintendent's school district, but authorities say he was coming here almost every morning to jog and regularly leaving an unsanitary mess for the rival school. Drone Force 2 flying high above the athletic track and field at Holmdale High School, but it's what's on the ground that has many concerned and flat out repulsed. It's just disgusting. Disgusting. Very, I don't even, I can't even find the words. 
terrible. It's yeah, unsanitary. Yeah. Homedale police say school staff and coaches were finding human feces on or near the track daily. On Monday, they caught this man in the act, 42-year-old Thomas Tramoglini, the superintendent of Kenilworth Public Schools. Wow, I thought that was someone in our school. <laughs> that's, that's what was going around. So messed up in every single level. Tramoglini works 20 minutes away from Homedale, but lives about three miles from the high school. Police said Tramoglini was running on the track around 6 a.m. before he was arrested for defecating on the property. It just makes no sense that someone would want to do that. Many parents and students learning of his arrest today are wondering why he would do this. We don't have any like school rivalries or anything. Tramoglini has also been charged with lewdness and littering. He's due back in court on Monday morning. Nobody answered when we tried knocking on the suspect's door earlier today. Uh, he has taken a paid leave of absence from his position, according to the Kenilworth Board of Education, and his responsibilities will be taken over by the Director of Academics, effective immediately. Live in Homedale, New Jersey, Ali Bauman, CBS 2 News. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Those I'm guys sorry, superintendent. Man. He would show up, he'd run the track, and then he'd go take a dump on the side of the school, and they kept finding these big piles of, dump, of human feces. So all the teachers got together. They set up cameras. They found out who it was. They called the police, and the police were waiting for him at 6 a.m. He ran the track like three times, went over by the bleachers, took a dump. They arrested him. How much do you think that guy makes a year? Oh, it's uh, six figures. Easy. Yeah, he makes $150,000 a year. Jeez. Like, come on, guy. Dude, can't you carry a plastic bag around at least? <laughs> <laughs> or how about taking a dump at home? You know, I don't even like to poop at 7-Eleven. You know what I mean? In order to go at my house, I then uh, <laughs> I guess that was too much information, but you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I get it. Listen, I'm a truck driver and I have this thing where I won't do it. I won't do that anywhere but my house. It's too dirty, man. These things are, these public bathrooms are dirty, but I mean, you hold it, you know, and what, uh, my question is this, does he have a medical problem? You know, is there a medical issue where, you know, when you got to go, you got to go. Like, it's just like you have a two minute window where you just got to drop a deuce. You know, <laughs> is that his excuse? Maybe I, I guess I don't know. It seems pretty regular at 6 a.m. He's taking a dump there every morning. So I might be able to put your calendar to that and maybe do it at home. Yeah, you would think you'd be able to schedule it out. Like, OK, I can't eat these certain foods because in about 15 minutes, I'm going to need to go. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> sure, I, tell you, I, I think uh, we might have talked about it on previous show and stuff. But when I worked at the parking authority in Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, we had on camera a guy pooping on the elevator door. And it turns out he was a writer for the local paper. And uh, he was mad about something with the parking authority. So he was crapping on all the elevator doors and it was like running down the doors. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. That is, that's crazy, man. And then um, I called this show like pee and poop. Cause I got a good pee story after this one. Um, <laughs> you know, I know it was very short notice. If, if people want to call in, it's 215-383-3971. Let us know what you think. Uh, what were you going to say, Tony? No, I was just going to say, we could always rename it <laughs> the pee and poop show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to, man. We'll Pee-wee definitely have to. Or poopy. Yeah, poopy. <laughs> yeah, the, the other story um, I have is the... Uh, <laughs> so, I, I guess this lady was trying to warm up pee in a microwave because she had a drug test coming up. And um, <laughs> she's trying to get it up to body temperature. It's gross, man. It's gross. Take a listen to this. I think it's, it's a little dicey putting urine in the microwave for a number of reasons. Uh, the first being, obviously, <laughs> why are you putting the urine in the microwave? 
Well, you are certainly questioning why I would be talking about this at all. There really are no good answers, but the story is a Denver woman is accused of blowing up urine in a 7-Eleven microwave. The police report does not explain why, though, and our medical expert telling Nine News reporter Anastasia Bolton, sometimes people worry that they won't pass a drug test, so they get a sample from someone else, and they have to find a way to bring it back to body temperature to be tested. There really is no good reason to warm up pee. In the microwave at a 7-Eleven. But apparently, this has to be said out loud. This is a great interview, by the way, on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> it's all fun and games for us, but we weren't the clerk at this 7-Eleven on Chambers near I-70 who had to clean up the pee after it exploded in the microwave, according to the report from the Aurora Police Department. That report says Angelique Sanchez placed something inside the microwave. The clerk heard a loud bang. She told Aurora Police the look and the smell of the liquid dripping from the microwave was unquestionably urine. One plausible explanation would be that maybe they have a urine test that is coming up. The police report says the clerk asked Sanchez to clean it up. She didn't, left, and the clerk called police. The officer found Sanchez at the Concentra Health Clinic. The report says she was waiting for a physical and a urinalysis for a job. According to the report, she told the officer she cleaned the pee up and didn't understand the problem. The officer reminded her that urine blew up where people warmed up their food. I think it's probably important for folks to know that it's actually pretty easy to pick up a urine drug screen that has been um, changed. And apparently, it's important to remind people not to put pee or warm it up in a microwave. Anastasia Bolton, 9 News. Well, if you're like me and you can't wait for this story to be over, we're not quite done yet. Yeah, yeah. More according to the report, Sanchez telling the Aurora police officer that the liquid that exploded was not real urine. She received a summons for damaging the property because the microwave, a commercial grade one worth about $500. We tried reaching out to her today, but we're not successful. One God's name is going on here, ma'am. The world is messed up. That's what's going on. <laughs> what the heck? That's unbelievable. We got one guy pooping on in high schools, and this lady's, uh, you know, trying to warm up her pee in microwaves. You know what? I'll never warm up anything in a in a Seven Eleven market microwave after hearing that. No, I mean we have micro our microwaves at, at work, and after hearing that, I might have to second guess because I don't know what goes on at work at night. Did you hear the clerk? Her comment. She's like, yeah, I think she was trying to warm up the pee for a drug test. Almost like she's seen this movie a couple times. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was like no shock yeah. or anything. It's like <laughs> one of those urban legends you find online. It's like, yeah, if you want to pass the drug test, you got to warm up your pee in the microwave at the 7-Eleven. Yo, Wes, we, we got a caller on the line. Let's bring her on. Sherry, Sherry, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Good. Doing well. <laughs> Wes, where do you get your stories? Where do you get your weird news? Oh, I just search weird news. I I, um, I have a little app, and I just read weird news every day. That's awesome. <laughs> so I have a question for both of you. What is your go-to food when you need to poop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My, Wes, you want to take that first? Mine, mine's peanut butter. Peanut butter? Peanut really? butter. Yeah. Every damn time. Works like a charm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't um, really have an answer to that. I think I could probably say fast food for me. Fast food. Yeah, Taco yeah. Bell. 
Taco Bell will clean you right out. <laughs> that or a good greasy pizza. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell, got it. <laughs> you know all about the Chick-fil-A, yeah. Sherry. What's going on with you, Sherry? How are you doing tonight? Are you, are you going to the uh, the IBC this year, you and your daughter? Hell yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Nice. We've been talking about it. We're definitely going to be there. Well, well I'll, I'll be out there, too. Yay, I was going to ask you if you are going to go. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm planning on I got to buy my plane ticket, but I do have that week off now. So uh, I just got to buy the plane ticket, and I'll be set. Do you play right. poker, Tony? Actually, uh, no, I don't. I have I play uh, online poker when I was younger, and it's been years, so I'm not even going to enter that table. Ah, uh, Wes will help you out. He helped me out last time. I don't yeah, think Wes is going to help me out. <laughs> he would. I'll help pretty women out, but not Tony. Tony's on his own. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll put a wig I have on or something. One more question for you guys. Yeah, of course. Do um, copperheads smell like cucumbers? <sighs> I don't know, but I think Sherry's referencing my <laughs> I Killed Bigfoot episode. <laughs> Am I right? Uh-huh. But yeah, if yeah. been out woods, he might know. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have a lot of copperheads out here where I'm at on this side of the state. All we really have is, like, gardener snakes. There's really no poisonous snakes out here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I... We have copperheads around here and stuff, but I, I wouldn't know. I don't get close enough to snakes to find <laughs> out. Uh, actually, this just yesterday, I, was, I mowed my lawn. So I actually, um, the lawn's been growing for a few weeks now. And with just producing the show on the weekends and everything that's been going on, I didn't have time to mow my lawn. And so I mowed my lawn for the first time this year yesterday. My grass is like a foot high. And so I'm mowing the lawn and, and I'm riding along the, on the lawnmower. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if I'm going to come across any like rabbit nests, you know, cause rabbits like to lay, lay nests in like high grass. And, uh, I didn't. So I was like, cool. So I'm, I'm weed whacking around the house like two hours later. And as I'm weed whacking across the, the house, I see this snake coil up against the wall. And I was like, I hate snakes. I'm just letting everybody know. I absolutely 100% hate snakes. I have no sympathy for any snake. And, uh, <laughs> this thing curled up against the wall and just looked at me and I was like, all right, buddy. I got something for you. And I went up to my, I went up to my garage and got my uh, shovel. And, uh, well, that snake's in about three pieces in my creek in my, in my backyard. So, <laughs> what kind of snake was it? Oh, I was just a gardener. But those suckers, listen, here's the thing. Like, I get mice in my house sometimes. And uh, I think they're, they're coming in through my basement somewhere. And I don't want that thing finding the entrance to my house in the basement. And, uh, you know, so I just took them out. Because he, he's too close to my house. And uh, did you know that gardener snakes typically go between 25 to 30 inches, but they can grow up to five feet long? Yeah. Don't try and sell your gardener snake propaganda here. It's like <laughs> they're, they're like the easiest going. They run from you when, when you see them. But, you know, you're telling the story and I was thinking like, you know, copperhead or, you know, some scary snake. And then it's a gardener snake. Come on, guy. <laughs> Well, my friend calls the them the nope rope. What was the that? What? The nope rope. The nope rope. The nope rope. Yeah, all snakes. That's a nope rope. Yeah, I hate snakes. snakes. Yeah, no, I I did too. Um, but you know what? I was I was glad to see one go. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tony. Yeah. What about that? Uh, 
that place in your basement, the hole in your wall. Are you going to dig that out still? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just don't have the funds for it right now. Uh, for anybody who's listening uh, for my show, The Confessionals, um, you can visit it at theconfessionalspodcast.com. <laughs> but um, I, I have a Patreon page, and when I hit 2,000 patrons, I am going to build a full-blown studio in my basement. And uh, it's a cubby hole that I have in the wall. It's like this dark hole in the wall, like maybe two feet by two feet. And when you go into it, it's about the size of my living room. It has dirt floors and everything like that right now. So it's got to be totally renovated. Uh, but I'm totally going to build that, Sherry. Absolutely going to build that. Oh. Just got to get the, uh, the uh, funding for it. So. <laughs> well, that made me, I connected like the snakes and that dark area. What if they're coming in in there? <laughs> oh. Be careful when you dig in, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Sherry? Uh, well, you know, I'll tell you what, I have a bad back, so I'm not going to be digging out that room. I'm actually going to uh, bring in a contractor to clear out all that dirt. And then uh, once they lay the floor, then I'll start working on it. <laughs> you should just wait till your son is old enough to hold a shovel. Have him take great care of idea. it. That is a great idea. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Here's my background with snakes. I, I don't like snakes because... When I was a kid, I actually had no problem with snakes. And we would actually go, we were poor kids in the country. We didn't have any, anything else to do but to go find snakes. And uh, we would pull out like this, this, um, this real loose rock on this one hill. And there's always like these gardener snakes inside, you know, underneath the rocks. And we would collect them and put them in a fish tank. And so the fish tank was filling up. Like we had a lot of snakes. Like they were just crawling all over each other in the fish tank. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, well, at the time it was awesome. We were all excited. I was excited because we were like, gardener snakes don't hurt you. They don't bite. They, they're fine. And the one day that tank fell over and it broke and all the snakes went all over the place. And we had one that was, it, when I was a kid, it, it was, it was the biggest one we had and it seemed really big, but it was probably only a foot long. And uh, we, we were like, get the big one. So I grabbed the big one and it bit me between my thumb and my index finger. And it scarred me ever since then. Nope. I hate snakes. 100%. <laughs> So They're when Wes tells everybody that gardener snakes are harmless, he's lying. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're the proof. <laughs> well, Sarah, thanks for calling the show. I appreciate it. Good talking to you guys. Have a wonderful night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that was nice of Sherry. I like Sherry. She's fun to talk to. Yeah, I got uh, Woody's over and his kid's screaming in the background. So there you go. That's all right. My, my kid's screaming, too. <laughs> I got a text from my wife. So you're going to be up a while. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to go too long tonight. No, nah, it's, it's fine. Oh, um, so, Oh no, I forget what I was going to say. It was something good too. Oh, well, that's what, ha that's the problem of having a live show. There's no editing. So <laughs> I got one for you. Um, these, uh, actually give me a little beat here. Give me a little beat. You want me to beatbox? Oh, here we there go. We go. <laughs> these, uh, Satanist in adopted a, a, a highway in uh, Arizona. And uh pick up a little bit there, cowboy. A little background music there. The Satanic Temple of Arizona adopted a stretch of 110 near Casa Grande and sent volunteers armed with pitchforks to pick up trash on the highway. <laughs> you know, I, I guess when they're not drinking the blood of Christians, they're out there cleaning up the highways. Uh, it says, and even the sign says, "Adopt." <laughs> What's that? Community service. Yeah. The uh, they uh, adopted a highway that said, and it has this huge sign 
that says the Satanic Temple of Arizona. And uh, this guy says, uh, what we're really showing here is that Satanism is a legitimate religion, even though it's non-theistic. Uh, we're showing people that we have a sense of community and we want to get them involved. That's the tricks of the devil for you. Yeah, it's funny, though. I, I find that Satanism is becoming more like I heard a guy on the radio the other day. He's playing some song. He's like, and this one's going out to Satan. And then they played some song. I was like, what? I guess it's becoming more, uh, I don't know, legitimized. Yeah, you know, it's we're not going to get political on this show, but there's a lot of uh, uh, different things happening in our world. And I definitely believe that <laughs> uh, the rise of people accepting Satanism is one of them. And uh, I'm certainly not one of them. And I don't apologize for that. I won't back down from that. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy though. It really is. Like when I was a kid, I couldn't have imagined a time where you would actually have people who are practicing Satanists out in the open and it's just, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm just like, yo, do you, do you even understand like what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. It's very, very odd. Very, very odd. It looks like we had a couple of callers or you just want to yank them in, hope for the best. All right. Uh, well, well, let's bring on, uh, Four four five seven. How you doing? Is that me? I don't know. Is that your phone number? <laughs> hey, it's David Halevi. <laughs> Halevi, what's going on, brother? What's up, guys? I'm just literally watching paint dry in my shop. So I saw oh. the uh, call-in show. I was like, I'll call in. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. Uh, so Wes, David was on my podcast. Uh, he, I forget what episode he was on, uh, but he had a pretty crazy story to share and stuff on the podcast. And since then him and I have become pretty good friends. Uh, but yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Uh, what, what, what are you watching dry? Did you just build something? Yeah, I've got a bunch of cabinets. I've got to install tomorrow and I'm a little late in finishing them. So just got them painted in my shop and I got to put another coat on before I go to bed. But yeah, what's the theme of the show tonight? Just whatever. <laughs> what do you, I mean, we talked about poop, pee, Satanism. You're the one that, uh, <laughs> David, you're the one that called in. You're supposed to be bringing some topics for us, man. Come on. <laughs> That's true. Hey, we can do Satan. We can do uh, whatever you guys want to do. Um, I could tell my buddy Shannon's uh, recent B Bigfoot encounter story. If you guys oh, yeah. want to hear that. Yeah, sure. Why not? So this happened in um, probably an hour west of Atlanta. Uh, he was, uh, my buddy was helping a, a farmer. He has an organic farm out there and he's spent all summer out there. And, um, they, the housing was pretty basic. Um, there was an outhouse. There was, um, uh, I think they had electricity. It doesn't really matter, I guess, but Shannon had been out there a few months. He said he hadn't seen or heard anything suspicious. Um, and you know, or out of the ordinary, no, no sounds, no nothing. And, um, he and this guy, uh, the farmer wake up one morning and they go out to feed the animals. And he said it was about a 40 yard trail between the cabin and, uh, where they kept the goats and pigs and stuff like that. And so he was about, he said about 10 yards from the cabin on the trail. And he saw three just massive barefoot footprints in the mud crossing. Um, the, he said it was a, it's that wasn't a paved road. It's like a trail. He said it was about 15 feet wide and there were three distinct footprints in there. And he called over the farm. He's like, come here and look at this. Like what, what do you think this is? 
And he's like, I'm going to go get my camera. So he said by the time he got the camera, went left there 10 yards back to the porch to get the camera, the farmer had already fired up the tractor and was on his way to ruin the tracks. And so he's waving his arms, what are you doing? And he starts backing over the tracks back and forth until they're obliterated. And Shannon's like, why did you do that? What the hell? (laughs) You know? And he didn't say anything. The guy refused to talk about it, wouldn't acknowledge that it happened. And so, and that's basically the story. So I said, well, you know, what, you were out with him all summer. What was the vibe you got from him? He's like, he wouldn't talk about it. It was like it never happened. And he didn't want anybody to know that it was, that it had happened. I said, well, how big were the tracks? He said they were about uh, six to seven inches wide and about 15 inches long. So it's a big boy. Pretty interesting. And where did that happen, David? This was um, really close to the Alabama border with Georgia in line with um, Atlanta. So uh, probably Highway 20 and approximately the Alabama-Georgia line. That's, they're definitely out there. It's crazy. More and more people. I'm I'm doing a show tomorrow night, um, and it's a guy that's ex-military. And he was out with um, a good friend of his was going blind. And she wanted to go camping one last time. So he decided to take her out. They were in the Uari National Forest. And he said he's prepared for the cold and everything. It was 19 degrees. And they're sitting in the tent. They're sleeping. She wakes him up. And she's like, someone's coming in towards our camp. And he's like, oh, go back to sleep. She's like, no, I'm, I'm hearing people walking towards the camp. And he's like, just go back to sleep. There's no one out here. It's, it's nothing. So he goes back to sleep. He said she frantically wakes him up. He doesn't remember how much later she woke him up. And she's like, listen, they're in the camp. These people are in the camp. And so he gets out of the tent with it, and he is standing there. And he goes, immediately, I felt like I was being watched. And she has a seeing eye dog. And he goes, they're trained not to freak out. And this dog was freaking out. And he said immediately when he came out of the tent, he realized something was watching him. He said the thing just roared at him, hit him like a sound wave. He takes out his pistol and starts firing. When he fires, I think it was a second shot, um, something over by his Jeep, the exact same sound, something roared at him by his Jeep. So he went over there and started firing shots. And this guy's like ex-military, doesn't believe in Bigfoot. He's like, that night changed my life, man. He's like, it really changed my life. He's like, I've been hunting my whole life. I've never, ever heard anything like this before. So they're definitely out there, you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, that's um that's amazing. How recent was that, Wes? That was uh last year. Last year when that wow. happened. Did did that make do you know if that did he talk about that making headlines because I live in North Carolina and I remember there was something local here. I mean, I'm I'm 3 hours from Uhari, but um that that made headlines of some campers getting chased out of Uhari. And they 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 claimed it was Bigfoot and it made the news. I don't know if it was them or not. I really don't know. He left everything. They left. And he goes, I I decided to, when I, we're going to wait till the sun comes up to come back. And he goes, I anticipated everything being gone or everything being destroyed. And he's like, nothing was touched. It was the weirdest night ever. Well, crazy stuff, man. Yeah, it is. Well, thanks guys. Been, uh, thanks for bringing me on. This is fun. Yeah. Thanks uh, for coming on. I'll keep listening, but, uh, I'll, uh, I'll get back to work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll let you later, man. All right, brother. Cool. Call me anytime. Have a good night, guys. Bye. All right. Well, oh, I don't know if I have much more, man, unless there's something you want to talk about. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, we like talked about show it. ten minutes before we got on the air. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, this is just kind of. I think this is kind of fun, just because we can kind of like just talk and let people call in and stuff, and kind of welcome the show back a little bit because we've been gone for so long. It's just like, you know, it's it's been a long time coming. I mean, have you had people uh, asking you when the show is going to come back? No, but I don't talk to anyone either. <laughs> that's true that's, <laughs> i uh I, i've i've actually noticed that <laughs> i'm a i'm a social butterfly and i i bring all the news to you <laughs> yeah well, what was the deal with the automatic truck driving thing you posted the other day you're gonna be out of work yeah. in like five to ten years you're telling me man you're telling me i uh so <sighs> what's going on is this is a very real thing and, and, and people don't want to believe me, but uh, for the past couple of years now, I've been seeing in the trucker magazines and trucker websites and things, they're talking about this automation. Uh, you know, it's like the automated driving, like Tesla, you know, for instance, this, this is technology. Let me just tell you what we have now. Okay. Uh, Tesla, you go to a Tesla Motors, uh, what is it called? Um, car lot uh, dealership and you want to test drive a Tesla, you stand out front and they call the Tesla to you and it drives itself over to you. All right. So like that, that's happening now. And my truck's at work. So I drive truck, track trailer, the trucks that I have at work right now, they have cameras that watch the road. And if you shift to the, over the left line or the right line, there's a buzzer on each side of your truck that'll beep to alert you that you're shifting, you're shifting out of your lane. On top of that, if you're on cruise control, and you're going down the highway and you get too close to a vehicle in front of you, the truck will automatically back you off without you touching anything. It will just break for you and back you off and not stop you, but it'll just make up that distance, a safe driving distance. Cause it has like, best thing I can say is there's a device on the front of the truck now. And it has like this like sonar looking thing on it where it actually sees the road and it knows what's in front of it. And so that's stuff that I have now in my truck. And what they're talking about now in the future, just a few months ago, I say like four or five months ago, there was a, uh, a guy who, uh, or not a guy, but a company, Peterbilt, who drove a tractor trailer from California to Florida, and it was driverless. There was no driver in it whatsoever, and that actually happened. And so this automation thing with vehicles and stuff, it's coming, and it's going to put me out of work. It's going to put me out of work, and people say, well, no, because there's, there's so many things that, that, you know, there's variables and what, you know, all it's going to take is for one person to actually die uh, for, you know, them to take it off the road. But I'm saying, like, how many times a day does somebody die on their cell phone in their car eating a bowl of cereal, putting their makeup on, smacking their kids in the back seat. I mean, the, if you eliminate the human error, I think that's actually going to save lives. So it, it's pretty crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it seems like the whole world's going to automation. Like truck drivers, I, I read about that about 10 years ago. They were talking about that. And I was like, no way. Driverless car, no way. And today I'm like, why don't we have driverless cars? You know what I mean? That's like how far technology has come. Yeah. Um, but you see in everything. I mean, even you like going to McDonald's, and, you know, you don't even have to talk to anyone. You can just order right there from the screen, go sit down, and wait for your food to come to you. Uh, it's coming, man. It's coming. Yeah, it absolutely is, man. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, it, it's, only, that's, it's only the beginning. I think the, uh, the biggest industry that's going hit, to get hit right away is the transportation industry. But there's a lot of other industries that are going to pop up along the way that get uh, hurt by this. Uh, and, and I think that over time, you're going to start seeing these freaking things uh, you know, taking, taking people's jobs away, 
eventually people are going to just, they're not going to be able to find a job because, you know, the kiosk has taken their job, you know? So it's kind of crazy. Absolutely crazy. Wait till the robots start podcasting. <laughs> Dude, the movie, the movie, I robot, it's going to happen. We're all going to die by yeah. the hands of robots. Oh, I agree. I agree. We got a, another call here. You want to take it? Oh, uh, sure. Let's take another call. So we got 7209. You're on with Wes and Tony. What's up, man? Or girl? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Who's this? What's going on? Who's this? This is Rob. This is Rob. Hey, Rob. How are you, man? Hey, I just I just had a quick question, you guys. I don't know. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, right? And there's always been weird, strange things that I've felt there. Um, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of the uh, the uh, Cahokia Mounds there that are on the, like, the Illinois side? They're not too far from St. Louis, but... I've always been like drawn to that area. I don't know if it's got like a like a vortex type thing or something there, man. It's just really gnarly. I mean, ever since I was in fourth grade, we took a field trip there, and ever since, and I'm 37 now, and I'm just like drawn to that area, that whole area, like underneath St. Louis and just that whole place. Have you guys heard any strange things about that area? Well, I mean, it's a freaking pyramid in the United States of America. So if that's not right. strange, I don't know what is, you know what I mean? Right. Cause like, uh, so many people think that pyramids are just restrained to Egypt and maybe Southern America, but people don't realize that there's actual pyramids in this country and, and they don't, they, they look like Hills, but when you see them from the sky and stuff is when you, they really pop out at you and stuff. Uh, I, I don't know a ton about, I don't even remember how to pronounce it. Was it called the uh, Cahokia? Cahokia. Yeah. Yeah, so like the, the Cahokia Mounds and stuff, I, I don't know a ton about them, but uh, one thing is you're never going to excavate it. They're never going to let you excavate it. So if there's anything underneath it, you're not going to know. But, um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a big, uh, I'm a big proponent of uh, digging these things up and finding out what's underneath. <laughs> I don't care about the yeah. history. I just want to know. <laughs> but what kind of strange things did, did happen there that you're talking about? Well, I mean, it, it's, I've read articles like it's haunted and also – I mean, you, you've read articles about, you know, these giants being found in these mounds all over North America, you know, and yeah. um, actually there's only been, there's probably only like 11 of these mounds left because when they did like the highway back in the, uh, what was like the thirties or forties, Dwight Eisenhower or something, and they destroyed like 80 of them. And some of them weren't, most of them were in Illinois, but the other half were in Missouri and there's still mounds in Missouri today. It's just been a real weird, I mean, nobody knows what happens to them, you know, uh, it's just, it's always been a real kind of eerie. And plus I read an article that not too far from there in Southern Illinois, this guy found Egyptian artifacts in a cave closer to like the uh, Illinois, Kentucky border, I guess, or Tennessee border. But there's a cave down there and they found Egyptian artifacts in there, which is really interesting. Absolutely. You know, I, I really think that there is a whole history to this country that we don't know. Uh, either we're not being told or, you know, we just don't know. But when you find things like that, I mean, it really does point to the fact that there were people here uh, that before Christopher Columbus, obviously the Native Americans were here and things like that. But uh, there was definitely I mean, you hear about the Vikings coming here and stuff and the artifacts from that. And uh, there's definitely mysterious things that we find all over this country that point to the idea that there was there was cultures and civilizations that came here. Uh, way before we ever acknowledged it, this place even existing. Uh, and so it, it's very interesting to me. And, you know, the, the Cahokia or, yeah, I think it's Cahokia. I, I can't ever remember. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, those mounds and stuff, man, like if you look at those things, man, it really, they really look like almost like some kind of um, 
place of worship, you know, like it, it looks like they had, cause I'm, I'm just saying like they, as in like native Americans. I mean, I want, I really wonder if like native Americans built these things uh, for worship, but the, the, the crazy thing about it is like how level they are, you know, like you got like two or three different planes on these things going up. And uh, you know, I don't know how, I, I just don't know how they, they got it. So, so uh, spot on with the architecture and stuff. I mean, I guess they, I don't know. I have no idea, man. It's a mystery, though. It really is. Yeah. Well, it's also because it's real close to the confluence between the Missouri and the Mississippi River. And the natives, too, there that were there also had stories of, like, this thunderbird or this serpent dragon that were there. And they found um, uh, pottery and stuff there at at the Cahokia site and further east and west and north of that place that kind of, what am I trying to say, that, you know, jives with that you know what i mean it's just they got these big rocks in alton illinois plus which is one of the haunted most haunted places in the world you know it, it's pretty crazy out there it's a crazy place but uh, yeah did you guys ever hear of it was an old article of this guy that was going down he was in the um the grand canyon and he had found a cave down there and i read the whole article on it but he actually found a cave and inside this cave was all this egyptian carving Egyptian writing, um, and it was this huge, almost looked like giants. It was built for giants or something. Did you guys ever hear about that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have actually. Um, what I was reading an article, something about that, and they, he was in there, and I think he he brought him and a small team in there, and all of a sudden all these helicopters started flying around, and yeah, yeah. kind of craziness started happening. And uh, yeah, <laughs> they they think you know, uh, Montezuma's gold was in there, some of it. Um, if I remember, if that's the right article, but uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't just, remember just, the helicopter part, but there was something. I, I think it was older than that. I want to say it was back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, where he had found this cave, and he describes a cave, describes going inside this cave, and all this Egyptian writing. And I wish I had it here in front of me. I would, you know, so I could t- sound more intelligent about it. It's been a long time since I read the article. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I know, but I, I think yeah, I, it sounds familiar, right. man. It really does. Well, I think you're right, Rob. I, I think somebody else had re- rediscovered it, and then they got shut down when they tried to enter it. Have you guys uh, heard recently, uh, not recently, but there's there's a um, a theory that the Ark of the Covenant is actually in North America in upper state New York, and there's this big surrounding theory as to why it could be there. Uh, I forget where exactly. I think there's actually a place in upstate New York that they were specifically talking about, but you can't excavate it. You're not allowed to touch it. And, uh, you know, Oak Island. Uh, that doesn't sound familiar. I just, I was just listening to it about it, uh, recently, but I was thinking, wouldn't that be something, you know, like if if that, if the Ark of Covenant was actually found, like, I, I don't think the thing even exists anymore. I think it probably is long gone, uh, whether, you know, just disintegration or whatever, I don't know, but I don't think it exists anymore. Uh, but that'd be something, wouldn't it? If you found something of that significance in North America, that would, that would just like blow the whole narrative out of the water of, you know, how old this country is, you know, what, who was here first and all that. I mean, be clearly taking it back to the biblical times. Yeah. I've, I've heard theories about, uh, you know, when, when the, the tribes of Israel disbanded and went all over the four corners of the, the world that, you know, some of them were here, which kind of just part with, with the giants in North America, you know, that, that they, they knew that the giants came here from the Nephilim and all kinds, just all kinds of crazy stuff, man. 
Yeah. All kinds of stuff. It, it, especially down to like where Wes was talking about in the Southwest regions, um, where they sound like those giant redheads in the caves and all kinds of stuff, man. And it's just crazy how it's suppressed. It's, it's totally suppressed. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm here in Pennsylvania and, uh, there's a big burial mound uh, just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that was uncovered back in the early 1900s. And then in, um, I think it's Bradford, Pennsylvania, there was another mound uncovered. And that's where that famous horn, uh, the horn skeleton comes from. Uh, you see pictures of it online every once in a while, it starts circulating. Um, there's, there's a story behind that, but I won't get into that. My, my point in saying that is, uh, between the two locations is actually the Allegheny National Forest. And in the 1930s, the federal government bought the Allegheny National Forest and made it untouchable. And I, start, I started wondering if that has anything to do with the burial mounds that were found on each side of the National Forest. I wonder if there's more in the National Forest and they're like, we're not touching it. We, you, you can't touch it. Nothing. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's just, I, I remember like kind of mapping out the timeline and the timeline was very significant like once they found the second burial mound like within a few years they bought the allegheny national forest and made it untouchable and i was like i just wonder what's in there because there's rumors of a uh, a dumb uh which is deep underground military base d-u-m-b uh but there's there's a dumb in pennsylvania somewhere uh and that there's rumor that it's in the allegheny national forest and uh you know that that's interesting to my to me as well because there, there's these rumors of these these deep underground bases where you can, they, they actually have some kind of um, system where, I, don't, I guess it's portals or something, but they can travel from uh, deep underground base to deep underground base across the country within a matter of like minutes. And it's just, it's, it's fascinating things to look into and stuff. Who knows if it's true or rumor, but uh, it's fun to look at at least. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for your time. I won't take up no more of your time. And uh, this is awesome. You guys, I'll uh, always listen and, uh, you guys do a great job, both of you. Wes, I've listened to you since almost the beginning, and Tony, I love what you do, man. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Yeah, thank you very Be much. good, guys. If not, be good at it. Thanks, brother. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I, I know we're not going to do a live show all the time and stuff, but I thought, I thought this was a, a fun way to just kind of kick off the Renegade podcast again and get things going. I mean, I, it's, the reason why we took a break was really because of me. I mean, when we had the baby in December – uh, you even said to me right before we had the baby, you said, we, you might need to take a break from the renegade podcast. I'm like, nah, man, I'll be fine. It's nothing. And then I had the baby and I realized how much work it is to have a baby. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need some time off, man. I'm going to need some time off. But, uh, I think this, this, this live show is a fun way to kind of let people know that we're doing this again. And it's not going to be every time, obviously a live show. We're going to, uh, actually come to the table with plans. Uh, today we were just kind of freestyling a little bit and stuff, but I think it was fun, man, having some people come on and call and chit chat a little bit. Uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, absolutely. I had a great time. Nothing like doing a show 10 minutes before we go on air. It's like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was fun. We'll have to uh, do more of them. And um, who was it, David, that called in that was watching paint dry? Yeah, David Halevi. Well, here you go, David. We'll see everyone next time. This is going out to David. A little something to keep you awake while you are uh, watching paint dry. <laughs>